God bless you, everyone, as you're coming in. God bless you as you're coming in. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we are rejoicing and glad in it. Uh, come on in, saints. Uh, it's a joy to be with you tonight. Uh, the Lord bless you and keep you is our prayer, uh, and that he keeps you well, <clears throat> that he keeps you strengthened in every area and facet of our lives. God bless you. Hey, Luanka, good to see you. Good to see all of you. Amen. Beautifully defined. Amen. God bless you. So good to see so many of you tonight in the name of Jesus. And uh, we're excited about what God is doing and what he continues to do. So as you're coming in, uh, just uh, praise the Lord. Good evening. Thank you for coming. And it's so good for us to see you on tonight uh, as we begin our Tuesday night school of the spirit. And again, as always, uh, it is a joy to share with you. Uh, for us to worship together and to grow in God together. I think that that is uh, the utmost important thing, that we are growing in God. Uh, spiritual formation is a journey, uh, and it is important that we see it as growing in God, growing in the word of God, growing in the things of God, because that's how we really come to know him uh, in a very intimate way, in a very personal way in a very powerful way. So again, God bless you. Grace and peace, everyone. Uh, praise the Lord, everybody. And we're excited uh, about it. I'm going to give you about another minute or so to come in. Bless you, Bishop Davis. It's good to see you tonight, my brother. Uh, look forward to checking in with you. Hopefully we can chat tomorrow. Uh, so good for you to be on tonight. Uh, I've got some things that we want to cover and uh, excited about it. Thank you all so much for your prayers, uh, for your support uh, as it pertains to uh, my wife and I, uh, Lady Dara and I. Uh, she uh, is feeling uh, pretty good. We got a pretty big baby coming this time around. And so uh, she's feeling it. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, God is good. God bless you, Brother Carol. Good to see you on, Brother Carol. Amen. God bless you. My Alabama connection there. Amen. We love you. Amen. God bless you. And um, so good. I want to thank God for Pastor Josh, uh, who's been really ministering, preaching out of his heart, uh, really blessed us on Sunday. I was tremendously blessed uh, and really excited about how God is using him and raising him up uh, in this hour. And one thing about grief, grief and grieving, uh, grief comes in waves uh, and everyone grieves differently. Uh, but one thing I've discovered is that whenever you hit periods of grief, whenever you hit moments of grief, uh, they have a way of profoundly affecting you, of profoundly affecting you and profoundly transforming you. And so I, I ask that you continue to keep all of our family in prayer, uh, especially Pastor K, my mom, uh, Pastor Josh, who's also my uh, brother, uh, and uh, just all of us, uh, the Kelly Sharon family as well. Uh, amen, Mother Williams. That's right. God bless you. Uh, but the Lord's really using it mightily. It's a very powerful word, uh, a painful crown. And sometimes uh, we have to preach from our pain. Uh, and that 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 is a way that we're able to connect with others and to see the grace of God. Uh, in spite of everything that is happening and everything that is uh, coming. So we're going to continue our journey in 2 Corinthians chapter 
1, verse number 10. Happy spring to everyone as well. Thank God the weather's changing. Amen. And uh, we had a powerful time in Spark on last Friday with Bishop John, J. Donald Edwards. And I would encourage everyone uh, to check that out. It was a tremendous move of God, tremendous move of the spirit. And I believe you will be edified as you do so. Amen. All right. To the word of God. <clears throat> to the word of God. Here we go. So we're going to begin again in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse uh, 10 and 11. So 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. And he did rescue us from mortal danger, and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. And you are helping us by praying for us that many will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. This is the uh, New Living Translation. And I also want to look at it at the NIV. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril past and he will deliver us again future. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us present. So again, uh, by way of review, and we're, we're coming to a close in this part of uh, our School of Spirit, the spiritual formation layering that we've been doing these last uh, three weeks, and I want to deal some more with the gifts of the Spirit, the person of the Spirit uh, for the month of April. So I want to I want to unpack this for a minute. So 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, he has delivered us from such a deadly peril. He will deliver us again, and we have hope that he will continue to deliver us. So again, deliverance is both past, future, and present. Deliverance is both in the past, in the future, and in the present. But ultimately, the grounding of the text, ultimately, the strength of the text, ultimately, the topography of the text, if you will, is rooted in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11. And that says, as you are helping us by your prayers. So the help comes from prayer. The help comes as we prioritize prayer. Help comes as we prioritize prayer and uh, when we begin to intentionally live lives, okay, of prayer. So we've been dealing with this uh, understanding of spiritual formation, and I want to come to a greater understanding of this. Uh, by way of review, and then we're going to go a step deeper. So spiritual formation is the process of being conformed to the image of Christ for the glory of God and for the sake of others. Spiritual formation is the process of being conformed to the image of Christ for the glory of God and for the sake of others. So let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 17 and 18. For the Lord is the spirit and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
<clears throat> so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God. And the Lord, who is the spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Now, how does that work? And this is really where we want to land tonight, because it's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to really come to understand that. So first of all, as we're beginning, I want to just stop for a minute. Uh, I want you to understand tonight. And I want you to hear me under the sound of my voice. Share this with someone that needs this word tonight. God is not finished with you. You are a work in progress. And because you are a work in progress, no matter how tedious, no matter how tiring, no matter how challenging things begin to get and things begin to come, he is still perfecting and at work in your life. And this is good news because it allows us to know that no matter what we face, because we will face some things, no matter what we go through, no matter what it looks like, God is at work perfecting areas, places, and spaces in our lives. And a lot of times, if we could be honest, um, when we don't see results right away, uh, we kind of think like, oh, I guess, you know, yeah, I believe the word, but it doesn't seem like it's really going to come to pass in my life. Yeah, you know, uh, I believe, but Eh, you know, I'm blah, you know, and we, we allow ourselves to uh, look at temporary situations, temporary circumstances, temporary issues, temporary things to so easily beset us that we lose the ability to know that God is at work in our lives. And I want you to know, no matter what you're facing in this season of Lent, this time of unraveling, the season of self-denial, this time in which you will uh, pause and deny uh, certain desires. Uh, God is doing something tremendous in you and through you and with you. And so you've got to come to the place in which you understand that and are at peace with that because of what he is saying and doing in your life. Amen. And so I want us to understand that. Glory to God. Uh, hallelujah. Yes, we are alive. Amen. Uh, I couldn't even see the comments there. Amen. So I want you to know that God is at work. God is doing something. God is doing something beyond what even makes sense initially. And so we've got to begin, we've got to begin, we've got to begin to, to focus in on what is the Spirit of God saying for this particular season that he has us in? What is God saying now? If this is making sense, just talk back to me a little bit, okay? So, the focus of spiritual formation is the spirit of God. The focus of spiritual formation is the Holy Spirit. Bless you, Brother Ronald. The focus of spiritual formation is the Holy Spirit, okay, who guides the ongoing journey towards union with God. So we're on a journey. We're on a journey that is transformative. It is a journey that is twofold. It is both transformative 
and it's transcendent. What do you mean by that? It's transformative in the sense that God is working in areas of our lives, spaces and places at an unseen level. It's really microscopic. You know, when you think of a microscope, it, it, it detects things that are at an unseen level. And a lot of times our faith is microscopic because uh, God is doing things uh, at a micro level that does not always make sense. Now, when we think about it through the lens of a telescope, when it's blown up, when we zoom out, uh, then we're able to see uh, how the pieces of the puzzle come together. And I believe in this hour that God is weaving our lives together into a tapestry of transformation. I'm going to say that again. God is weaving our lives together into a tapestry of transformation. Now, here's where it gets interesting. I want to go a step deeper with this. It gets interesting. Hey, Vana, God bless you, sweetie. And uh, hey, my praise partner, Sister Bridget. Amen. That won't be your name forever. Hallelujah. Um, here's where it gets interesting. Here's where it gets interesting. And I, I want to go deeper there for a second. Let's, 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 we're in the living room. Let's talk. Okay. Uh, it gets interesting when we have to begin to wrestle through rediscovering who we are. Because I want to submit to you that every new season comes with new instructions, and those new instructions will reshape your identity. Every new season brings new instructions, and those new instructions reshape your identity. Bishop, what, what are you saying by that? What I'm saying to you is new season, new instructions, new identity, new self-concepts, new ways of coming into understanding what God wants to do in you, through you, and with you, okay? God wants to do something in us, through us, and with us. Believe it or not, sometimes we don't realize it, but uh, he needs you to accomplish what he desires to do in the earth, okay? And so we have to be willing vessels open for God to use us. Uh, now, uh, I, I want to deal with this. So we've got to make sure that our spirit is submissive. And I, I want to look at four stages of life uh, in the believer. I want to look at the four stages of every believer. There are four major stages for every believer. And this is really where I want to deal with tonight. I want to blow it up for just a second. I want you to be able to see it. There are four stages in life of every believer. And these four stages will shape the contours of where we're going tonight. And I'm so glad I can finally get to this because I've been preparing for this for a while uh, and the spirit of God didn't seem to let me go with it. So first of all, let's go back to our main text and that is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, he did rescue us. He did deliver us from danger. He will deliver us again. We have placed our confidence in him because he will continue to deliver us. So we understand that deliverance is past, future, and present. Deliverance is past, future, 
in present. But the operative word, the key to this lesson is in verse 11. And you are helping us by praying for us. So deliverance is being accomplished by the prayers of the church. Never, ever, 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 ever diminish the power of prayer. I won't say that again. Never, ever, 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 ever diminish the power of prayer. And one of the major tactics of the enemy is to cause us to think when we feel like we're sinking, when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel burdened down, to cause us to think that our prayers don't matter and our prayers will never be answered. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? And I'm telling you never, ever, 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 ever diminish the power of prayer. Prayer reshapes history. Prayer makes us history shapers. Prayer makes us history makers. Prayer shifts, hallelujah, prayer shifts the contours and the trajectories of our life. Prayer brings us out of chaos, calamity, and confusion. Prayer brings us from mess into the miracle manifestations of God. Prayer takes us out of uh, pain and rejection and pushes us into purpose and revelation. Prayer moves us out of the mundane into miracles. Prayer moves us out of those things that some re refuse to deal with and others begin to embrace. Never allow the enemy to cause you to feel as if prayer does not matter. Please, sir, please, ma'am, hear me tonight. There is power when we pray. And deliverance is a byproduct of the prayers of the church. That's why when we gather, when we gather, when we gather uh, as a community, even now, as we are assembled here tonight, things begin to shift. Things begin to move. Deliverance begins to take place. Chains begin to fall. Yokes begin to break because of the power of the living God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Good to see you, Detroit. There is something that begins to happen when the spirit of God is at work. And I want to submit to you tonight, the spirit of the Lord is at work even now in our lives. So I want to deal with the prayer ministry of the church. I want to spend my last few moments dealing with the prayer ministry of the church. So there are four stages of the life of the believer. The first stage, the first stage is the evangelistic stage. The first stage is the evangelistic stage. Now, I want to I unpack this for a moment. Uh, 
So the evangelistic stage, uh, the first stage is the evangelistic stage. We're dealing with four stages, Sister Rosie. Uh, the soul knows the new birth. It's, it's like when you first get saved. When you first get saved, if you're not, uh, we offer Christ to you. And we can uh, talk about that at the end of this service. Um, the evangelistic stage is when you first come to Christ, come to know who Jesus is, come to have a desire to walk with him, come to want to have him in your life. That is the evangelistic stage. There is a fervor. There is a joy. There is an excitement. And uh, Bishop Davis, you're on, so you remember, uh, there was a time in the church uh, when people weren't uh, so materialistic, uh, and they weren't clout chasing and trying to be important and trying to be who's who. Uh, but if you got up and you just said, I thank God I'm saved, uh, the church would just break out. And I think that God's bringing us back to the simplicity of salvation, the uh, the joy of simply knowing Jesus. Uh, there's a song that we were saying, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus is to trust and obey. Westminster Catechism, uh, first question, what is the chief aim of man? And that is to enjoy, to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. We have to return back to delighting in God. Not for a car, not for a house, not for a new job, not for a relationship, not for a spouse, not for kids. God, because he's God, honoring him, worshiping him, adoring him, not with a laundry list of what we want done, but coming to him simply because he is. God is. Uh, and, 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 and his isness. Uh, outweighs all of the other things that happen around us. His isness outweighs everything uh, that we experience and we face. God is. Uh, and when we come to understand that, Moses had a hard time trying to even begin to describe when he said who it was that sent him. He said, I am that I am. I am that I am. Whatever you stand in need of, I am that and beyond that. Uh, and, and so uh, coming back to God. So the first stage is the evangelistic stage. And the soul knows a new birth. You're saved. You become a soul winner. You want someone else to know who the Lord is. You want someone else to come into a saving knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. And when this happens, uh, you 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 preach salvation you're leading others to christ winning souls to christ uh, every newborn christian wants to share their experience you want someone to know who jesus is you want someone to know who he is and what he has done in your life that's an excitement there comes an excitement. There comes a joy. There comes a passion uh, for walking with him. So in the first stage of the believer's life, we become more evangelistic in the beginning. Uh, and then we begin to mature and get grounded in the faith. But that is only the first step. There is another step in the process, and that is the revival stage, the revival stage. And the revival stage is the personal 
experience. The revival stage is the personal experience. What happens at the revival stage? The revival stage moves us from uh, simply excitement into the fullness of the spirit. Uh, the revival stage, I'm going to say it again, moves us from excitement into the fullness of the spirit. Let's look at Galatians chapter 4. <clears throat> Galatians chapter 4. Glory to God. I pray that this is ministering to you tonight. Galatians chapter 4. And we're going to go to verse 19. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. <clears throat> In Galatians chapter 4, verse 19, uh, the Bible says, uh, and it really blesses me here. The Bible says, oh, my dear children, I feel as if I'm going through labor pains again for you. And they will continue until Christ is formed, until Christ is formed in your life. Until Christ is formed in you. I like the way the New Living Translation says, oh, my dear children, I feel as if I'm going through labor pains for you again. And they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your life. Christ must be fully, thank you, Mama Alice, developed in our lives. God must be fully developed in our lives. And so how does this happen? This happens by us moving from excitement in the evangelistic stage, okay, to uh, fullness of the spirit. God wants us to be filled with his spirit. So that means that we've got to do several things. First of all, we've got to live in the spirit. Mm -hmm. We've got to live in the spirit. Then we've got to obey in the spirit. We don't really like that word because that means we've got to submit. <laughs> That's like an S word today. It's like a curse word. We don't like to submit. Okay. Can't nobody tell me what to do. But, I don't know yet. but you're going to have to submit. You're going to have to yield yourself to God. Okay. So we have to live in the spirit. We have to obey in the spirit. Thirdly, we have to rely on the spirit that deals with dependence, depending on God. And then we have to look to the spirit. So I'm going to say these again. We've got to live in the spirit. We've got to obey in the spirit. We've got to rely on the spirit. We've got to look to the spirit. Now, when it comes to looking to the spirit, I want us to point us out to, this is Bible study, so I want to point us out to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, and let's look at verses 1 and 2. Okay. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and I want to unpack this as we're coming to a close. We're still on the second stage. First stage, first step is evangelistic. Second step is the revival step. Okay. Uh, now, let's let's go to here. Let's go here. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse number one and two. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down 
especially the sin, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by uh, looking unto Jesus, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The uh, New Living says the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. I like that. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside Christ's throne. So we're looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Uh, other translations say the pioneer and perfecter. And what I've come to share about this is if he's the author, he's, he's also the architect. And if the spirit of God is the author and the architect, what is the blueprint? The blueprint is the word of God. So as we get full of the word and we allow the spirit of God to ignite our imagination, if we allow the spirit of God to sanctify our imagination, we don't really hear that word anymore, either sanctification. Uh, there was a time when we really talked about sanctification, being set apart, being different. Uh, and, and when we talk about a sanctified imagination, is God transforming how we see. Hallelujah. And I believe tonight by the spirit of the living God, I prophesy to you that God is going to begin to transform how you see. He's going to transform how you see him and ultimately how you come to see yourself. Free from anxiety, free from guilt, free from depression, free from uh, all of the things that so easily try to beset you free from those things because you know who you are and whose you are. Is this making sense tonight? I hope this is ministering to someone. Okay. Uh, let's, let's go a step deeper. Okay. Let's go a step deeper. Let's go a step deeper. So we're moving from, we're moving from the, uh, the evangelistic stage into the revival stage. And then this is the third one. And this one is where it's going to get tough because remember in the event revival stage, we're looking to the spirit. We're obeying the spirit. We're relying on the spirit. We're living in the spirit. We're cooperating with the spirit and we're receiving guidance in the spirit. But then there's a change. The first change is internal, is external, external. The second stage is internal. So the evangelistic stage is external. Looked at my hands and my hands looked, looked at my feet and they did too. Okay. The second stage is internal revival stage. Okay. Learning how to cooperate with the spirit of the Lord and how he works with you. How he works in you. I want to park here for a moment because I was having a conversation with someone. The, the, the church of the living God is called to be a body. And, and when you go to Ephesians chapter four, I'm not going to be able to get into this tonight because I want to really try to finish my lesson, but I, I really feel prompted by the spirit of God to do this. Ephesians chapter four. And when you look at Ephesians chapter four, uh, we are reminded of some things. OK, uh, let's let's go to Ephesians chapter four. And I don't want to look at the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor, teaching all that right now. Go down to verse uh, 12. I don't want to just look at function. I want to look at formation. 
lot of times we like to focus too much on function. Ephesians 4.11, and he gave some apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. We want to carry on about who's of this one and who's of that one, who's an apostle, who's a prophet, who's an evangelist. And I, I don't want to deal with, I don't want to deal with uh, uh, function. I want to deal with formation. So let's look at verse number 12 of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12. I want to teach this. Come on, let's grow. Their responsibility is to equip God's people, Ephesians 4 and 12. It's not in my notes, but it's, it's in what the Spirit of God is leading me to do. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Verse number 12. This will continue until we all, hold it, pause, until we all, Bible says all. All means all in Hebrew, Hebrew, Greek, and he and everything else in between. All pig Latin, all means all. The Bible says, and I want you to look at this. He says, until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Verse 14, Ephesians 4 and 14. So you stay with me now. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. And this is one of the problems of the 21st century church, of the post-pandemic church. Everybody has a platform. Everybody has a soapbox. Everybody has something that they're trying to get across. But you have to try the spirit by the word. Everyone that is saying or quoting from a Bible and telling you something does not mean they have been sanctioned by God. And the chief enemy of all growth in the body of Christ has always been false teaching. Okay, and notice now what it says here. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of doctrine, every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. Everything that's trending is not true. Everything that's trending is not true. Just because something is popular does not make it true. Just because something is popular and a person who is supposed to be a Christian says it does not make it true. And so we've got to understand what the word of God says that grounds us in the truth. I'm coming to a close. And he says here, the Bible says, we will not be influenced when people trying to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. The whole body is perfectly fit together. The whole body is perfectly fit together. Our topic tonight is spiritual formation. Uh, we're finishing what we began over the last few weeks. Amen. Spiritual formation. And so notice in Ephesians 4, it says here, we speak the truth in love uh, and uh, we are called to be a whole body fit together perfectly as each part, Ephesians 4, 16, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. We're called to be a body 
fitly joined together. That means we are of different parts, but we bring something different. One might be evangelistic, one might be helps, one might be prophetic ministry, one might have an apostolic gifting, one might be a teacher, one might be administration, one might be healing, one might be miracles, one might be tongues, one might be mercy, one might be giving, another might be leadership. They're all different giftings, different callings, different anointings, but we are a body fitly joined together. So if everybody is acting the same, looks the same, dresses the same, does the same, is the same, tries to be the same, and all of that, that's a cult, not a church. Hello, somebody, because the body is a whole body fitly joined together. The foot needs the hand, the hand needs the eyes, the eyes need the nose, the nose need the teeth. And Christ himself, himself, he is the head of the church. And so we are a body growing to fit our head. You hear what I'm saying tonight? So the first stage, I'm coming to a close. The first stage is external. The second stage is internal. So in the evangelistic stage, and this is in page, this is major, in the evangelistic stage, you share your experience. In the revival stage, you move into the fullness of the spirit. But there's another stage. In stage three, you have the persecution stage. And this is what the Lenten season is all about. In the persecution stage, or what I've called and come to call the difficult stage, we have been crucified with Christ. And I want to close with this because uh, Pastor Josh shared with this so powerfully on Sunday, and he was talking about on Sunday, he was talking about uh, a painful crowd. And I want to spend my last few minutes uh, dealing with this. Galatians chapter number, Galatians chapter number two, verses 20 through 21. I want to close with this. I'm coming to a close. Hey, first lady, I'm coming to a close. Galatians chapter two. Verses 20 through 21. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Uh, I heard Bishop Golfin teach this once, Archbishop Golfin. He said, the problem with crucifixion is that we take too long to die. The problem with crucifixion is that we take too long to die. And so Romans 6 talks about the process of sin and the law. God is not always trying to rescue us from things. Sometimes he has to just take us through them. And, and we've got to understand that. There's some things in life we have to go through. Good, bad, and different. But I didn't know that was going to happen. We know in part. We say in part. There are some 
things we have to go through. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will not fear because you are with me. Yea, though I walk through the valley. He didn't say, yea, though I walk around the valley. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So I'm going to have to walk through some valleys. I'm going to have to walk through some pain. I'm going to have to walk through some suffering. Uh, my wife and I, we talked about that the other night. It was so powerful conversation. And, and we don't seem to understand that today. We want to chase success today, but we don't want to chase success without suffering. And the scriptures never teach us good success. Success is never divorced from suffering. There are some things, no matter how anointed you are, no matter how much ta-ta-ta-ta-ta you do, you are going to go through. And uh, how you go through will determine where you go to. <laughs> How you go through will determine where you get to. And so we are being conformed to his death. Hallelujah. We're being conformed to his death. It's not powerful. We're being conformed. I want to put your pain in perspective tonight because we can't. one thing that we cannot do is over-spiritualize these last 24 months. We have all endured some painful experiences. If we didn't lose some loved ones, we lost some friends. If we didn't lose some friends. Uh, uh, and so I'm telling you, we want to make sure that we come to understand who we are and where we are. The path of the cross is a way of pain a way of suffering, a way of disappointment, a way of hardship, and a way of anxiety. But through it all, God continues to strengthen us. So I'm going to stop here tonight. We're going to I'll finish the third stage on next week. So we looked at the evangelistic, the revival, and the persecution. And I want you to be reminded that no matter what you are facing, no matter what you're going through, God is at work with you, moving on your behalf to do what you have never seen before. Uh, if you're not saved out of the ark of safety tonight, we offer Christ to you. Uh, I believe uh, the word of God teaches us if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart the Lord Jesus, then we are saved. And I want you to know tonight that God wants to save you. He wants to bring you into a loving relationship with him. He wants you to come into the fullness of what he has established uh, and ordained. And so I, I want to give you an opportunity if you have not if you have not uh, to come to the Lord tonight and you can simply just come to him right where you are, confess with your mouth, Lord, I've sinned. Uh, I don't know who you are. And I ask that you save me, that you deliver me, that you set me free and he will save you. He will deliver you and he will bring you into the fullness of what he has promised and ordained. Tonight, uh, as we close, if that is your prayer, uh, salvation is a process. It starts, but it doesn't end in one day. And I pray that the Lord would save you, that he would deliver you, that he would bring you into the fullness of what he has established and ordained. Tonight, uh, if you've been blessed, you'd like to give a free will offering uh, for our Tuesday night teaching, you can do so by texting the word global to 51400. You can text the word global 
5-1-4-0-0. Also, you can give via Cash App, uh, dollar sign, uh, Global Fire Now. Uh, you can give via Cash App, dollar sign, Global Fire Now. Also, you can give uh, by Zelle, uh, Global Fire Now at gmail.com. All of these are invaluable ways of giving. Our website, uh, globalfirenow.com, also on all of our pages, you're able to do so as well. Father, I thank you for what you've done tonight. I give your name all the glory, all the honor, all the thanks, and all the praise. And I ask that you would open the eyes of our understanding and give us an ear to hear what your spirit is saying tonight. Thank you uh, for blessing us. For Lord, if you bless us, we shall be blessed. And we give your name all the glory, the honor, and the praise. Global is who we are. Fires what we bring. Ministries what we do. God bless you. Thank you for your love and your support. See you this Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen.